Hello, and welcome to episode 256 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. A warm welcome to Lauren P. and Heidi H. to The Modern Manager community. Did you know that The Modern Manager now has a mobile app? Anyone can download it from the Apple Store to easily access episodes. Plus, members can access guest bonuses and sketch notes, and Skills Accelerator participants can access lessons and workbooks. Plus, you can save all of those to your favorites for easy future access. To get the mobile app, just search The Modern Manager in the Apple App Store. Today's guest is Ronnie Hendel. Ronnie works as a coach and facilitator with individual leaders, teams, and organizations. She supports her clients in building their capacity to achieve results through others and to navigate through increased complexity. She helps them move beyond self-awareness into being able to consistently respond with grace and clarity under pressure. Ronnie and I talk about polarities what they are, how they show up in the workplace, and how they create tension or conflict, and how to embrace them using a both-and mindset. We even get into the polarities map and how it can be a tool to help your team find a better path forward. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Thank you so much for joining me today, Ronnie. I am super excited to talk about polarities. This is a topic I learned about years ago. And actually, my team at my first business, Meteor, we were actually part of a study on polarities. So it was Mm. really cool. That was how I learned about it, was we were invited to participate and look at the polarities in our business. And then after that, I kind of like forgot about the idea. So thank you for bringing it back into my life and for joining me today. Uh, It's an honor and a pleasure. All right. So let's just start with like the simplest thing, which is what are polarities? So chances are you'll say, I kind of know this already. So it's it's a way to name something that we often experience and often work with. So it's not hopefully not going to feel entirely new, but hopefully it'll feel powerful to name something that's kind of part of life. And so polarities are interdependent opposites in a sense. They're things that we need both. And between them, there's kind of a tension. So should I give an example? Yes, please. Okay. So every day we're always dealing with that polarity is the polarity of activity and rest. So we absolutely need activity. Activity brings results. It brings action. It brings getting things done, just living life. However, if we only, only, only lean into activity and we don't rest, which Sounds sort of absurd, but if you think about our lives, we, we're probably doing more of that than we'd like to admit. If we don't also give attention to rest, if we overfocus on one side of that polarity of activity and rest, we begin to have the downsides of too much activity, burnout, exhaustion, really no room to have results. And then I actually had a client who once described to me that she did this. She would then literally work, 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 and take a week off and just sleep, which is not a very effective way of managing that polarity. And it was something obviously that we spent some time working on. But the flip side is if we only then lean into rest, we end up in a place of lethargy and getting nothing done. So two things that are both necessary, they're both good and they need each other, but there can be a tension between them. And working with polarities is 
recognizing those tensions and then navigating them so that we get the benefits of both and we become aware of and manage the potential overuses. So this is such a good example. And I feel like there are so many places in work where these polarities show up, right? So we have, as you said, activity and rest. We have structure and flexibility. We have all of these, which we they are really two sides of the same coin. And you called out this specific language of we have benefits and we have overuse. And I know that this is a really important piece of how we view polarities, that both sides are equally important and that they're no, they don't have pros and cons. They have benefits and then they have overuse. So can you say a little bit more about this structure of having kind of two things that are pulling on each other and then the benefits and overuse and then the way that they kind of flow between them? Sure. So I want to say it's not necessarily obvious to us that there are benefits of both when we get started. So in addition to these two polarities that need each other, we as humans tend to have preferences. So for example, structure and flexibility. Let's say, for example, and I tend to lean into flexibility. So so I know on some level that both are needed, but because I have a preference for flexibility, it's really easy for me to see the benefits. Flexibility gives me the, you know, I can move on a dime. I can adapt to changing circumstances. I'm really, really good at that. And I'm so good at that that I actually have a have a bias towards flexibility. What that tends to create for me is when I look, when I think about structure, I almost have a negative initial reaction. Like structure is limiting. Um, structure is boring. That's, that's, that's a big one for me sometimes. And when I recognize that structure and flexibility need each other, then I'm able to stop and say, wow, I'm only seeing the, the negative part of structure. And I'm not really appreciating the value of structure and the stability that it brings. You know, if everything's flexible and we're only flexible, then there's nothing to ground ourselves in. And so it's an exercise of saying, wow, I'm seeing the downsides. I can see the benefits. And I can also appreciate people who tend more towards structure and recognize that they bring something important to the table. Well, I think what you lifted up is that we tend to come at a polarity from our preference and that it's really easy to see those benefits. So if I prefer structure, I would would see the exact opposite of what you're seeing. I would see exactly structure creates stability. It creates certainty. It can be streamlining of things when the downside of flexibility when it gets overused is that it's chaos. There's inconsistency. There's no control. And so if you have two team members who are coming from these two different perspectives, you can see how it could cause a lot of conflict when in actuality, what we're trying to get to and what polarities is telling us, I think, is that you need both. And when you work together and understand this bigger picture, that you can work to get the benefits of both without the overuses of either one that lead you into that kind of negative downsides of either side. Is that right? Exactly. It, perfect. And it is it is actually a pretty powerful conflict management tool. I don't think that's how I typically lead with it, but it actually is really powerful because when I can see different perspectives, everything shifts. Yes, exactly. 
So I think, you know, the other thing that came up when I was learning about polarities and framing is this, that this is really about a both and approach. It's not about picking one side or the other and saying, okay, well, in this case, we're going with structure, or in this case, we're going with flexibility, or in this case, we're going with individual contributions, and in this case, we're going with a collaborative approach. That this really is about finding this, quote, third way, this both and approach that says we can have some of each in a way that balances and finds the harmony between them. And that this both and kind of thinking is really different than decisions and situations where we need either or thinking, which is kind of how we're generally wired to look at something and say, well, we have to either be structured or unstructured or like either we're going to do this individually or we're going to do it together. Can you talk a little bit about different situations that require a both and kind of approach, this kind of polarities approach versus situations, and I'm <laughs> I'm setting up an either or, situations that are need a one singular choice side. It's an either or. Absolutely. Love to. I do want to say there are either or situations. So I do want to say, and I think this is important to say, that some things are binary. So the idea is not that everything in the universe becomes a both and, but we get we get curious. Every time I say or now, I kind of check in with myself and go, is it truly? And sometimes the answer is yes, this is an or. I have to make an, a binary decision. So I'm not, we're not saying throw either or out. We're just saying get attentive to what's the dynamic here? What is this a problem? As the author of the first book on the subject said, is this a problem to be solved or a polarity to manage? That's the first decision. So I'm working with, I just this week did a session with a team that they run a nonprofit in educating youth in East Africa. And they're at an interesting point in their growth. They're like about 10 years old and they're starting to have some of the challenges of being an established organization. And they're they're looking to hold some of the energy of being a startup. So they've identified one of their core polarities that we spent like about four hours, honestly, taking it apart, mapping it, looking at strategies. And that polarity was the polarity of being at scale and startup, which seems completely like, aren't you one or the other? And they recognize that inside of scale, there's moments of startup, there's startup labs, there's things that need to have the energy of startup. And they also are looking to have the benefits of scale. And it's become one of the most important conversations for them as an organization. And some of that, if you think about it, has to do with stability and change, which sits like it's a core polarity, right? And for them, it's showing up as scale and startup. And by holding that as a, as a polarity, it feels to me like they are able to innovate and they're able to have a bigger reach and continue to be innovative in a way that's so exciting, especially since what they're doing is really about making a change in the world. So I'm curious, how did you help them see that this wasn't a binary choice, right? It wasn't like, well, we have to hire person A or B because we only have one job, but that this was a situation where the startup-y mindset, the startup-y activities and way of doing business, and the scale mindset and the scale way of doing business was actually a polarity and not a, an either-or choice. Well, with this particular organization, the answer is that I started working with them on the concept of and working with polarities maybe six years ago. 
And they've been trained, like they look at the world that way. So the moment they feel like there's a tension, their impulse now, like almost to a person who's been around for a while, is to go, let's look at this and see if we can uncover the polarity in our situation. So they're pretty well trained. Because once you start seeing this, then you just start going, whoa, if if there's something really sticky and really challenging, there's a pretty high percentage chance that there's some polarities to uncover here. So for them, it was a natural place to go. Like for them, the question is when they feel stuck, it's what's the polarity? So what about with organizations or leaders who are less familiar with these ideas and for and where their team is really struggling and you're you want to bring this idea in? So part of it is just doing what we're doing, which is getting to to understand that it's likely inside of of a challenging situation or conflict or tension that one of the places to start looking is what are possible polarities. And by the way, we're talking about the organization level. This also works at the level of when I'm personally stuck, when I'm personally challenged, like what's the polarity in play for me? So it's at every level. It's the organization and it's the individual. So I just do want to say that it works really, really well for both. Um, But so for an organization, what I typically do is share the concept like we've done. And then if you look at some of the, probably online, um, there are lists and lists of polarities that can get you started. And you start looking and you say, stability and change, effectiveness and efficiency, centralization and decentralization. If these are the words that keep coming up in the organization, you start looking and going, hmm, what if we saw this as a polarity? So I usually just teach the concept, throw out a ton of possibilities and have people start searching for what's important here. And then we sort of practice. And invariably working on one polarity reveals some others. That's just one of the things that happens. And what I've found is once you start seeing these, there's actually an article called Polarities Are Everywhere. And I think that's what you start. You can't not see them. Like once you start learning to look that way. Yeah, it's so, it it is true. They really are everywhere. I mean, even thinking about transparency and privacy and safety and risk, right? Like they just come up in so many places. And so often when we're making decisions with our team, those are the perspectives that people are bringing in that we may not even be acknowledging are actually the cause of the tension. Exactly. Like if you've got finance and R&D in the same room, you're going to have different perspectives. And that's a great place to appreciate that each person it's really critical that both those perspectives are brought into the room. So there's a map. There's like a template that I know people can probably find online that can help you take these ideas and put them out on paper so that everybody's looking at the same thing. Can you talk us through that tool and kind of how it can get used? Yes, absolutely. And I know you'll put this in the show notes, a link to the blog that I wrote on polarities provides the link to the map and to a little video that's a good way to sort of get even more comfortable with this. So the resources are there. And there's actually two maps. So Barry Johnson, who's the the father of all of this, did work. And I used his map until about maybe a year and a half ago. And then I discovered the work of Brian Emerson and Kelly Lewis, and they wrote a book called Navigating Polarities. And, and their map is the one I'm going to talk about because I think it's, they, as they say, they're working off on the shoulders of, of Barry Johnson and they attribute 
so much to his work, but I think they've taken it and made it more powerful and user-friendly. And so basically, let's say um, the polarity is candor and diplomacy. So what I would have the person do is, like, let's say they had a tendency to be candid and they're getting feedback that they're too blunt and they're not being politically savvy. And so what we would do is I would have them start where they really felt connected, which is candor's everything. And what are the benefits of being candid? And then we would work through what happens if if you're only candid and there's no diplomacy whatsoever. What are the downsides? And we would work through the benefits of diplomacy. And for someone who's really committed to candor, that's an exercise in itself. Like standing in that place and saying, what are the benefits of diplomacy? I had one client who literally looked at me blank at that moment. (laughs) And that was a pretty revealing moment. Like, oh, something's going on here because all you can do is see the downsides of diplomacy. And you see it as being political in the worst sense. So, but once we got through that, that was an aha. Like, wait, there are benefits. And and if I only stand in candor, this is why I'm getting in trouble. And this is why people can't really even hear me anymore. And that's actually became the thing. So we, we chart out the benefits. We chart out the overuses. And then you ask the question, and this is, there's kind of imagine a place in the middle that says, what if you were to powerfully hold both candor and diplomacy and, you know, just sense what that would be like. And then we work together to even give that a name. Candidly diplomatic is sort of a shortcut here, but I I forget what her, fine, she came up with a word and everybody's going to take this different. Sometimes it'll be a picture, an image, but what does it mean? And that's the third way. The third way is powerfully holding both. And then you can ask, what do I, if it's a personal polarity, or what do we, if it's organizational, what are we going to need to, to do differently, to put at risk, to, 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 to experiment with in order to realize that possibility of a third way? And that's what in the map is called the vulnerability through way. And then finally, you can take a step back. And that's also quite like going kind of inside. And then getting really practical, what are some practices, strategies? How are we going to keep that alive? And when you get all of those on a piece of paper, and again, the templates online, thanks to the generosity of, of Brian and Kelly, then you have a map that you you can come back to as an individual or a team and you monitor, how are we doing? Where do we need to tweak it? Where are we leaning in maybe too hard on one? Or So it's, it becomes a tool to keep coming back to. I love this. And I I love that we can then be all literally on the same page when we're looking at something and see ourselves and our own preferences in it and see where there's tension and see what a potential resolution can look like when we're moving forward, holding both of those sides and finding that third way. And you mentioned this piece around kind of the, the vulnerabilities of letting go. Can you say more about what's needed to be able to step into that middle space? Yeah, so it really depends. So let's take candor and diplomacy for a sec. If I, Aaron, if I preference candor, what what do I need to put at risk? Or what do I need to be vulnerable about if I'm going to be diplomatic? What's going to be the the challenge for me? What do I have to loosen up on? That's actually, in this case, that's a great question because I probably have to loosen up on my commitment to speaking the truth quickly, which seems like a good thing, but when it's my only tool, it's the only way I come at things, then it's actually really learning to take a big, deep pause and going, what's 
most useful in this moment, in this situation. And that requires really getting in touch with how you intuitively respond to a situation and being willing to try new ways of approaching people and things. So it's really the the vulnerability through is looking inside and saying, what is really going to have to shift in me if I want to do both of those? And what's going to have to shift in me is maybe with candor, it's knowing that I will be heard even if I'm not fast and loud and 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 say it like blunt. Like it's possible for me to be heard in other ways. I feel like this is such an important step because we can recognize the polarity, we can map it out, and we can see all the benefits that we want, and we can even design the third way. But if we're not willing to shift ourselves, to acknowledge the fears that come with showing up differently, right, and not only in the sense that we have perspectives that we prefer or that we kind of believe, you know, even if we're like, okay, there's this third way, but I still kind of like really like structure over there, right? But it's even more than that, that maybe I have an identity of being someone who speaks my mind. Or maybe I have an identity of being the person who brings people together and kind of is is the like the facilitator to get everyone involved. And suddenly I need to assert myself in a new way. And that can feel really risky. It can feel not just hard to try out a new behavior, but hard in the way that my colleagues might see me differently in a way that doesn't feel so good. Right. Even though the goal is that I'm being told and maybe I'm giving some given some feedback or maybe I've, I'm feeling like I'm something's missing. And so I need I want something else. It's still really hard to have those fears and to acknowledge them and then to be able to move forward is such an essential step to make use of the whole the whole both and kind of mentality. And, you know, something you just said is also really important. I think this is a really good thing for managers to think about. When we give feedback and we ask somebody to do something in a different way, for example, where chances are we're tapping into something that person holds deep. So if we're asking somebody, I keep going with candor and diplomacy just because it's there, to be more diplomatic, the chances are there's something they're protecting. So an awareness as a manager that when we give feedback, we're tapping into fears and preferences can be really, really helpful. And, you know, as a manager, I I could even, knowing about candor and diplomacy, I could say, I really appreciate the way that you can be candid. And what I'm, what would you benefit from is a greater emphasis on maybe slowing down and being more diplomatic in certain situations. So it's a very different, so you're honoring the person's tendency and you're opening up the space for them to say, oh, maybe I could do that as opposed to, I don't even know what to do with that feedback. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. I love this as a feedback tool. I had never thought about that before, but I feel like this is such a great way for managers to give feedback and 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 have this map kind of laid out and help someone understand themselves in this bigger context. So before we wrap up, I do want to just shift for one second to one other sure. dimension, <laughs> one other dimension okay. of polarities, which is this idea of balance over time that we can it, it kind of almost seems like we could swing back and forth like the rest activity where we started in the beginning that well you just work really really hard and then you crash and burn and then you rest right and that the whole point is to like just swing to one side and when that stops working then you swing to the other side and then when that stops working you swing back and forth and 
what we're actually trying to do is not <laughs> that kind of ping-ponging back and forth, but that this third way is somehow different than that. Can you just say a little bit about how to think about holding both of them in a way that's kind of over time finding the right mix or balance as opposed to the pendulum swinging back and forth? Right. I think the pendulum swinging back and forth is exactly what happens when we don't know that we're in, that we're dealing with the polarity. If you think about organizations, this is the classic pendulum swing, centralization, decentralization, centralization, decentralization, right? It's a swing back and forth over time. It's a perfect example of what you're describing. And the question with polarities becomes, if you notice that swing, we're constantly going from centralization to decentralization. Let's call a halt for a second and say, how could we tap into the benefits of this and the benefits of that? That changes the conversation from pendulum swing to, to a, how do we access both of those and what what do we need from each of those and then what it, would it look like in this organization if we did that so you're you're halting the swing by naming that that's what you're doing mm, love it all right so we now are wrapping up so okay. ronnie can you tell us about a great manager that you worked for and what made this person such a fantastic boss sure i want to talk about my boss mark this was when I was like my first like really senior leadership role. And I still remember this conversation. And I think it changed me when he called me about something and he asked me a question. He was just in generally awesome and told me great stories that I still remember and kind of made the space for me to do my job really well. But this particular moment was when was the lesson that I so deeply took away. He he asked me a question about something and I got kind of nervous because I, I didn't know the answer. And I said, in order for me to answer that, I'm going to have to go to the person on my team who's responsible for that particular proposal, I think it was. And his answer to me was, that is the best answer you could give to that question. And that moment where I thought, oh, right, it's like it was the best example of actually helping me be a better manager as opposed to expecting me to just be the one like otherwise I would have never gotten out of the letting go it allowed me to let go and be the leader I I I, I became in that job and I just remember that moment so profoundly and there's so many others with him but it was those moments of oh that's what leadership is and he did it through just moments like that and I think of him really fondly and we've, we've stayed in touch for many many years Oh, so beautiful. And what a great story. And where can people learn more about you and keep up with your work? So my website is Insight Out, like, like having an insight, insightoutleadership.com. And my blogs are where most of my thinking is. And then there's just everything else is is, is on the website. That's probably the best single single spot. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting about polarities and the both and mindset and how we can resolve conflict in our teams. Thank you so much. Ronnie has provided the link to her blog article with the map and a brief overview video on polarities, which all listeners can find in the show notes. And for patron members of The Modern Manager, I am providing some additional tools to help you navigate polarities within your team. To get these tools, become a member of The Modern Manager as a patron or join the Skills Accelerator. Learn more and join at themodernmanager.com slash join. All the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. 
Find Matt at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.